Who you calling crazy? Welcome to Who You Calling Crazy. This is a unique mental health podcast. We are erasing the stigma and elevating and normalizing dialogue around mental health. Of course, we'll be sharing practical therapy tips, but most importantly, we'll be diving into the stories and vulnerability of people you know or want to know. I'm your host, Juliette Kuhnley. My guest this episode was actually my very first guest in this series. It is Alyssa Wylan. She's otherwise affectionately known as Chef Alyssa. She and her husband own Chef Alyssa's Kitchen here in Charlotte, North Carolina. They do cooking classes, private events, virtual classes. They have amazing family takeaway meals, a couple spreads, and typically have a Saturday brunch when there's not a pandemic. Alyssa cooks locally on uh, TV a lot. She's been on Beat Bobby Flay and is just an all-around great human and one of my good friends. So can't wait for you to join me and Alyssa in our conversation. What does mental health mean to you? And then can you speak to that from pre-pandemic times and then what it means for you during the pandemic? Yes, so um, I am very much an introvert. Um, I've learned really to to get outside my comfort zone and um, really become comfortable talking with people. But um, I'm now I'm also not a super self confident person. And so I've really gained confidence. And that's what to me gaining self confidence has been for my own mental health, Mm -hmm. just being comfortable with myself. Um, I think that's kind of what took me into cooking, because I was very focused on other people's experience, what, um, what I could do to make other people happy. And uh, food was just a natural, creative way to, to, to do that. So yeah. I've just worked over the years to find ways to become comfortable in, you know, my own headspace mm. and just in my day to day. So if I am, then that makes me a lot more even keel and a lot more just like ready to take on whatever. I could throw me off. Yeah. No, I mean, thank you for your vulnerability with that. Cause I think, you know, especially we see people who are so successful by so many measures or visible, right? Like she's cooked on TV with Bobby Flay. She's cooked on local TV, you know? And, and so we have kind of these assumptions that go with that. So for you to own, um, you know, your why behind some of this and kind of that balance of knowing your struggles, your sticking points, your core beliefs with a healthy dose of self-compassion is really refreshing. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you and I have talked about because, you know, in, in planning for this, like, you're gonna have to log into this social media account that you've been off of for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah. that was a real a conscious decision you made to in the past several months to take a break. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I was I was realizing that even though my connection with people is a little bit is much more limited, all of ours is, and where I go, the things I do, how full my schedule might be, it's so much different than it was before. However, I was starting to feel just really overstimulated mm-hmm. and that I no matter how I could do it. I just needed to get away from what I was seeing on the screen. It's really yeah. drawn me closer to reading, listening to podcasts that I I did I felt like I didn't have time for. Yeah. And 
and do a little bit more learning of, of what I wanted it to, to focus on. Um, I thought maybe it would just be a week or so, but I have not been Stuck with it. logged in. Yeah, I haven't been yeah. logged in on Instagram, aside from um, the account that my that Andrew and I share with Managing Chef Liz's Kitchen. So it's it's been refreshing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of a bonus of uh, the pandemic is that it's really stripped a lot of things down to the basics in a lot of ways. Like, what do we really need? What do we not need? What fuels us or what doesn't? And so you recognizing and setting that boundary is really important that it was draining for you. So why do I have to subscribe to that? Just because Mm -hmm. lots of other people do. So I love that. Yeah. Okay. So what are your observations and insights around mental health specific to the food and beverage industry? Well, this is immediately where my head went when you posed these questions. Um, and when we first started talking about mental health in general, um, I think, you know, there some people know of a stigma around cooking and, and, and restaurants in particular mm-hmm. that a lot of people who are drawn to it are kind of maybe more introverted. They are... Um, prone to sort of that late night lifestyle and they're, you know, can, can easily become addicted to Mm. whether it's alcohol, drug abuse, like so many things I've, you know, and, and, and a lot of it is just, you've really got depression behind a lot of these things. And Mm -hmm. you were saying, you know, identifying that in sort of a creative field. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I, I do really feel like you've got a lot of people drawn to the industry um, who are not who who can e- their their egos can easily be bruised. They mm-hmm. can really find it difficult to um, to like manage not only the stressors uh, that it puts on your body with the long hours and it being yeah. really heat. So you've got all these stressors that are already going into somebody's not a very comfortable headspace. Yeah, great point. We I've started to see things level out a bit more because people are starting to we're starting to reach their breaking point. Um, mm. you know, a lot of um unfortunate things happening, especially I think a big catalyst for that was with Anthony Bourdain and mm-hmm. um seeing somebody that we all felt like we knew um, and so many chefs felt like they knew and maybe they didn't, uh, but sure. you know, it, um, there, there's so many things that draw first draw people to the career. And then second, you've got the long hours, the hard work, not a super supportive team. They're mm. rare in a restaurant kitchen. It's a lot. There's a lot of competition. Okay. Um, and sometimes you don't feel like you've really got that that family, that support. You're a little isolated in uh-huh. your even though you've got people around you all the time. And um and then things that are easy it can become a can become a crutch. So mm. um I think also as the different generations change, like it within the industry, more people are saying, you know, it's okay to take time off. It's okay to do things for yourself. You really need to, um, to take care of yourself and make it, it. I think there were so many excuses. You'd work, work alongside people who were almost like comparing how many hours they could work. And yes. um, it was just a like the busyness was like a badge of honor. Yeah. It's a yeah. Badge of honor. I don't need help. I yeah. don't need help of this. Right. Um, and then you, 
And then one of the biggest things is that you're constantly being judged. Gosh, yeah. You know, you might make, I mean, you're just being judged by the higher ranking chefs, by the people that you're putting food in front of. And that is the case for anybody throughout food and beverage. Right. And on uh, so many different levels, you know, like how quickly can you get it out? How tasty is it? How hot is it? How is this so many different things that must be going through your head? Yeah. And yeah. And then it just, it's, it's not, it, it can be a very isolating career. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, that's, that's a really interesting point that I hadn't obviously couldn't consider of just the loneliness that you can still feel when you're surrounded by all the energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It can be exciting, but that exciting sure. time comes with so much stress, sure. anxiety and, um, and then I've just, yeah, and just, and so many people are just drawn to that industry that already have that's right. Um, an inkling to, or like, I guess already feel like they could. Yeah. Well, there is a lot of research around, like we talked about this, a creative people and mental health and whether there's a genetic link or why certain personalities are drawn to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I love what's important, I think, is the shift you mentioned to yeah. now maybe people are more comfortable checking in with each other, asking, are you okay? <laughs> What yeah. do you, what do you need? Not just the rote, like I'm fine, but maybe people are starting to be more honest. Yeah. I'm seeing a new generation Um chefs have kind of been talking about it among the chefs that I know as well. Just sort of the shift of people who are um, entering the industry with a different set of standards that yeah. they want a work-life balance. It's mm-hmm. influencing all of us to create a work-life balance. Good. Yeah. And so, yeah, and, and so many people, you go into the career thinking it's going to be all and then it's um, it's going to stop one day and I'm mm. going to do a different path with food in some way. I'll become a higher up chef, something like that. Mm. But um, I, I think that there is, again, this general shift with chefs and new chefs realizing that I can... I can balance this for myself. I can have a healthy um, home life, family life, and Good. still look what I do, and it be accepted that Good. you're not working as hard, and you just close certain days. You just balance yeah. out life the way it's going to work for you. Sure. And just pay attention to what you need. And yeah, well, and so mm-hmm. kind of using that to piggyback into how you guys have had to pivot in the um in, during the pandemic right i mean you if you want to speak to that a little bit what you've had to do and then what you've um seen in your fellow chefs and restaurants and how you guys have tried to support each other if that's a thing during this too there is a lot of support in and good you know, that's probably another really great thing about what i'm seeing in charlotte and how um how how people in food and beverage are supporting each good other. you know you see you see writers reaching out mm-hmm. Like people always starting it or constantly checking in on one another and social media and Facebook groups and things have been really big help for that. Good. But, um, you know, for, for us, and I was realizing that I think my connection with the other chefs in the community is mm-hmm. a little bit more limited, probably across the board because we're all just focused on keeping ourselves above water. And yeah or, or tr- tread water, like yeah. just keep it going. Um, we, we do a lot of private events and, and team buildings and things like that. Yeah. So before the pandemic really hit hard in March for the area, 
we were starting to see so many businesses just pull back and cancel mm-hmm. and cancel okay. pre-planned events that they had. So we started to feel like something was coming, but we were hoping that we could just keep our public classes going and yeah. with the Charlotte community and keep, keep that going for a while. Um, but everything just once we, once we had to close, um, mm-hmm. it dropped, it, it cut our business so severely and we, but we, we still kept on all of our full-time staff and we just worked to make it work. That's um, amazing. We, yeah. were, we got really busy in the beginning. It was a good spike. Um, things have been up and down with it. We're uh-huh. glad that we're back to classes, but it's, um, it's been tough because I had to switch all my classes to virtual, which was just a new, mm-hmm. um, a new way to think about things. And uh, I felt like we were constantly um, ping-ponging new ideas. Right, just having to brainstorm and keep up with what yeah. might be appealing to people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I think you guys have done a really nice job with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad that we've gotten um, our groove in the virtual space because mm-hmm. we're doing a lot of of holiday team buildings and things like that virtually. So our, you know, things look a lot different, but yep. we're, um, we're yeah. still doing that. And, and yeah. yeah, it's been great that you've, you've, you've been able to just be, stay flexible, you know, I'm sure behind yeah. the scenes, there've been some freak out moments as we've all yeah. had during this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it didn't also just that you keep showing up for the community and figuring it out is a testament to your commitment um, you yeah. know, to the community and your industry and what you do and like your passion behind it for sure. So, okay. So what, um, speaking of freak out moments, what is your favorite go-to self-care activity? Mm. So before pre-pandemic, I worked out quite a bit. I was mm-hmm. very active and that would be the that was the best thing in my whole life for a lot of years to balance myself. I actually really discovered that when I was going through some tough times when mm-hmm. I was working and in, in the restaurant industry and feeling like I needed to, to find a way to breathe a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So working out yoga, that was the mm-hmm. best thing for myself. Um, and since things have kind of shut down and we are, we're home with our, um, daughter, she's uh, about 14 months now, mm-hmm. and all this great time with her. My own mental health practice has just been okay. I've had to, I've removed a lot of things from my life that used to be my my self care stuff, yeah. and now it's it's mostly um, trying to remove some of the, um, you know, just be be totally present with her. Yeah. yeah. So, Again, kind of like the stripping down to what matters, right? And just the simplification Mm -hmm. of it. Um, And now maybe you can be, you have sort of the opportunity to be more present with her. Yeah. yeah. And little OBS is so adorable. Well, thank you so, so much for starting this conversation and sharing in this conversation. And it's so insightful for me and hopefully for several people that watch this of just that aren't part of the food and beverage industry to just think about um, just all of these different layers you mentioned. and. So we really appreciate you being on. And um, I think this stuff, you know, some may call it psychobabble, um, but I call it authentic and I think it matters. And, um, you know, my takeaway from today is being able to just, like you said, just kind of pausing and checking in with your people. Are you okay? Um, Yeah. That that's maybe a shift you're hoping to continue seeing in the industry. And wouldn't that be just 
like an awesome thing if we did that with just our fellow humans. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think for everybody you run into, everybody yeah. that yes. I'm so grateful to Alyssa for joining me. Again, it was my first episode I ever did, so it was before I knew if people would be willing to be honest and vulnerable. And so it's such a gift that people are willing to share their stories. A couple things I wanted to highlight from this episode and talk about. We talked about this idea of feeling lonely even when surrounded by people or surrounded by a certain energy. And to me, that really is about our perceived quality of our interpersonal connections and how associated that is with our loneliness or our mental health versus the quantity. And so what I hear in this shift that Alyssa is talking about as people move towards more willingness to keep it real about how they're doing and check in on their fellow peers, that that quality of relationships is improving. And so hopefully that loneliness will also improve. So it's something to think about in your own lives too, because we've all experienced that where you can feel uh, some level of isolation, uh, regardless of who you're surrounded by. And sometimes that has to do with our attachment issues or um, our own sort of um, intimacy or, or vulnerability, but also being aware of the narrative and the, and the thoughts that we're having in our, in our heads and that we can sometimes catch it and recognize uh, like, hey, this, is, this isn't about people not liking me or people rejecting me, but maybe it's actually just something more about the emotions that I'm bringing to this experience right now. So there's also so much about our inner critic um, that, that fits in with this and also with the idea that Alyssa talked about being an introvert and gaining confidence. So it helps to remember that we, we do tend to be our own worst critic and that sometimes uh, the perfectionistic tendencies may kick in and um, make those of us that are introverts get more in our heads. So I think it's really helpful to remember some of that and remember that we have to drop the comparison to others, that that's just not helpful, that we have to work on our own assertive communication. And that, uh, you know, there's a saying that I use a lot with clients, um, act how you want to feel. To me, it's kind of just a fancier way of saying the fake it till you make it because it's, it's not as, as passive as sort of the fake it till you make it sometimes, sometimes sounds, but act how you want to feel. So do you want to come across as more approachable, more confident? What would that look like? What would you be doing? What would be different in what you're saying or your body language? And so it's a nice mantra to just carry with you. Act how you want to feel. Hope you had some takeaways from this session as, and as always, thanks for joining us. So who are you calling crazy? I think you mean human. We are removing the stigma, y'all. Say it loud and proud. Yep, I go to therapy. 